Okay, hello and welcome to the uh, second episode of our, of our podcast. We've now got a name um, and the name of our podcast is the Digitata Decode. We didn't have a name during the recording of the first episode because, well, we, didn't, we weren't even sure what we were going to do with the recording. But now uh, that one's out and we've got a name. And the idea with this podcast is that we just have a chat with people we know in uh, various businesses uh, about what they do and about how they use digital to, to, to help their business, help their customers um, and, you know, what their plans are, uh, are in the future and what they're currently doing that's interesting. That's it, really. So this week, I am delighted to be joined by Will Goff from Home Decor. Hi, Will. Hi, Jess. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm great. It's, it's good to have you on. Thanks for, thanks for agreeing to chat to me down Teams and, uh, and, and let me uh, record it. No problem. Um, so... First of all, uh, as I said, the idea behind this podcast is to just learn a little bit about how people make a living and what their businesses do. So why don't you tell me a little bit about you and Home Decor and uh, what you guys do? So Home Decor are the UK's, if not Europe's, leading manufacturer of storage solutions, um, largely sliding wardrobes um, and the interior solutions that come with them. I joined the business uh, five years ago now, six years ago, through acquisition. Um, so I can give you a bit more history on that if you want it. But um, Home Decor's been in the market now for over 30 years, 35 years. And historically, um, its main sort of route to market was retail and distribution. So uh, supplying to the DIY sector, um, all the typical names will come to most of your listeners and viewers' minds, I'm sure. And I joined the business through, as I say, acquisition when they uh, wanted to enter the direct consumer market and the uh, contract market. So supplying and installing our products into the new built homes up and down the country. Cool. It actually is interesting how you came to the business because it's similar to how we came to be working with the business as well. Because around the same time, um, no doubt they were looking at, uh, at Space Slide. Let's, 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 so Space Slide is your direct to consumer brand. That's right, isn't it? Um, right, yeah. So no doubt while they were looking at that, uh, we were tasked with um, bringing them uh, an e-commerce solution to help them crack the, the direct-to-consumer market. Because as you say, you know, they've, they've historically had the, the, the B2B2C route um, uh, selling through, through, through the multiples. Um, and it's quite funny because we had to do a bit of a pivot and a bit of a hot shoe shuffle when you guys um, became part of the business because you guys had the brand, had the e-commerce, had the, the showrooms. Uh, and it was uh, it was quite a fun task for us to uh, to you know have that kind of grenade thrown thrown at the uh, into the middle of a project. Um, but you guys brought on a lot of uh, experience, obviously that, that Home Decor didn't have with with the direct consumer market, which was great for us to incorporate uh, incorporate into that project. So um, the routes to market that you mentioned, how has that evolved over the last five six years that you've been involved? Um, is is uh, are being are the big DIY stores? Are they still a big part of what you do? Are they increasing? Is it shrinking? You know, how, how's how's it how's it working with with digital at the moment? Um, digitally, uh, there's no doubt that um, sales are going in the right direction for us through those channels. Um, you can imagine that the um, the investment that these retailers are putting into digital is 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 huge, um, and I'd like to think that we do a pretty good job of providing them with the, the content that they need to um, maximize on the opportunity that they're creating in their digital marketing. Um, there's some accounts that have grown um, faster than others for a number of reasons. But um, yeah, I think 
one of the main benefits that we've had over the past five or six years is, as you, you mentioned, as, uh, through acquisition, we brought in quite a bit of knowledge around uh, the uh, B2C um, market um, in this product category um, in particular. Um, so we're now able to put those learnings into practice on behalf of our retailers, um, which puts us, if our product range doesn't, and our expertise and the product life cycles that we're able to manage in-house along with product design and so on, um, put us one step ahead of any competition that's that's out there. And what's the focus in terms of your direct-to-consumer um, activities? What's the focus for you at the moment uh, for your digital channels? Um, are you focused on um, driving traffic? Are you focused on conversions? Are you focused on uh, you know, a slicker experience for the for the for the users? What's 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 what you drive? What's driving you at the moment? As I'm sure is the case for most people in e-commerce, Jez, all of the above, <laughs> as you, as you know. But um, yeah, we've we've um, joking aside, it, all of the above is our focus. We went through um, a site redesign for our direct consumer bedroom brand. 18 months ago, uh, that improved our conversion rate by about 40%. We did the same thing for our kitchen brand. Um, got a, a direct consumer uh, kitchen brand as well, Optoplan Kitchens. That also went through a site redesign 12 months ago. So we'd like to think that we're where we want to be in terms of uh, on-site optimization and, and conversion rates. So I'd say over the past um, yeah, six to 12 months, the focus has now shifted more towards driving traffic but not just traffic quality traffic um, and that's come through the analytical tools that we're able to use um, better now than we have done in the past through uh, use of external agencies like yourselves but uh, also some recruitment in-house to manage those accounts um, and yeah uh, things are going fairly well at the moment i'm pleased to say yeah. good it's it's it's, uh, it's good to hear especially you know when a lot of businesses are affected by um by lockdowns and and and, uh, and and just general user behaviors in in, in this lockdown situation um how have you guys uh, navigated your way through 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 all the, the the last few months yeah it's been um it's been a challenging time as i'm sure it has been for most um we did have to go through a, a period of time where we ceased operations for a, a short period four or five weeks um largely just to make sure that both are employees and our customers um, especially in our sharing environments you can imagine um, are kept safe and well from a digital perspective um, we were able to react really quite quickly to that uh, and i think the size of our business and the size of our team internally um, perhaps benefited us somewhat there because we were able to respond quite quickly uh, and put certain function functionalities uh, in place that thankfully our agency um, KMP were working on for us um, as it happens sort of in tandem to some other projects that were going on so yeah we were able to very quickly implement some um, book by appointment functionality in place that we'd be meaning to get uh, live for a little while um, and that did a couple of things for us really that helped us identify the demand uh, running up to the reopening of our stores um, and it also um, somewhat surprisingly improved the quality of the traffic that we were getting for our appointments so um, as you can imagine during the um, strange times that sadly continue um, people were a little unsure as to whether or not they wanted to go to a retail environment mm -hmm. but both our bedroom showrooms and kitchen showrooms are um, 
in out of town, they're not high street um, stores. Uh, they're typically on small um, business parks. Uh, so I think some people felt a bit more confident in visiting those locations, but being able to book an appointment and have use of the showroom in its entirety um, exclusively um, for you know yourself and your wife to come down and make these choices with just one member of staff in in any store gave people the reassurance that they were you know going to be kept safe and, and yet would still receive the same level of service that they would do you know at any other time of year. So um, yeah, I'm pleased to say we responded to it quite quickly. That added functionality definitely helped. Um, we were perhaps a little bit slow in relaunching our digital marketing marketing activity. Um, but once we did, um, it was pretty clear to see that we were, you know, which campaigns were working and which weren't for us to um, get further involved there. So. so that functionality was on the roadmap, was it, but was just pulled forward um, for the booking for an appointment around the showroom. That was, that was pulled yeah, forward as a response, right. was it? I, yeah, I, I spoke to Simon um, at KMP about that uh, shortly after or running up to the closure of our operations. Um, and Simon had mentioned that perhaps you guys just crack on with that development yeah, while you does, can. It does tend to sharpen the mind, these things, don't they? They, yeah. they, they focus the mind on, uh, on what's, yeah. what's really important, uh, which, is, which is interesting. Um, but let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, the e-commerce uh, side of things, because, you know, what you guys do, you're not selling boxes of shoes, are you? You're selling very complex, bespoke um storage solutions wardrobes uh that, that, that kind of thing that, that are you know built to measure handmade to measure those kind of things you know a few years ago um just weren't bought online it, it, as, as part of an e-commerce thing it was one of the things that, that that people said oh you know you need to see it you need to you need to see the material you need to have experts come in and measure and uh, so how do you what was the journey to go right? Okay, we, you know, we, we can see the we can see the way the the wind is blowing. E-commerce is is is, is important. Um, but how on earth do we do it? So what what do, what do you guys do to take what traditionally is a is, is a is a complex product? You know, um, made to measure. You know, needs a lot of expertise from from you guys to help the customer make make decisions. How do you how do you get that to to a point where it's a it's it's an e-commerce product? Yeah, good question. So I. I it all comes down to reassurance, really, uh, and consumer confidence. Um, there's no doubt that um, we benefited bizarrely from um, the recession in 2008, in that um, that you know that hit the country, most people's pockets, quite quite hard. And I think where the view then was typically you go to your high street retailer and a salesman comes out and he keeps you locked in the room for three hours until he's done the deal. Um, you know. Uh, those prices, um, and from what we've seen, that you know the, that's sort of seven, eight thousand pounds, you know, a room sort of price. Um, they were just simply unacceptable after two thousand eight, and people looked at the uh, at the opportunities of, of DIY, uh, and that's when that's when Space Slide certainly um, benefited most, I think. But since then, um, we've done an awful lot to. Um, uh, elevate the brand's position in the market uh, and further improve the reassurance that customers can either um, order these products themselves with the use of our online configurator uh, that you guys you guys built um, which leads me leads me on to the other thing you know 
purchasing things for the home typically is more visual than it is anything else. As you say, historically, people have gone to a showroom, they want to see it, touch it, feel it, and so on. Um, well, short of touching it, they can see it now um, by using the online configurator. Um, it's to scale, so they put their sizes in. It's not quite augmented reality, but I'm sure one day we'll perhaps get there. But um, yeah, it gives them the confidence that they're in control of what it is that they're buying. Um, I'm sure there's some nervousness around measuring, but there's the typical video how-to guides and, and so on to reassure them along the way. We've also got um, live chat and, and phone lines um, seven days a week to help people through that process. But there's no reason why these things, whilst initially they seem very complex, they are, as you say, bespoke and made to measure, made up of hundreds of components. But, but really, um, you know, we take care of that in the production side of things. Uh, the consumer doesn't need to worry too much about that. What they need is some some sizes, given that it's made to measure. Um, they need to measure between two walls, a floor, and a ceiling, and then it comes down to selecting the finishes they want on the configurator. Once they've got an image in front of them that shows them what they want, then uh, they can go ahead and transact. Cool. So one of the things that um, I really like about what we do uh, is meeting people like you in different businesses and learning how uh, our different businesses work. Um, and one of my favorite, I like, I like clients that make stuff, you know, that are in the manufacturing thing and, and, and have, and have factories and, 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 and actual, you know, make real things that can be touched. I, I like all that because it's different to what we do. So how do you feel about the term, uh, you know, when I go to uh, various conferences and stuff a few years ago, the, the hot uh, buzz term was Industry 4.0. You know, we're in the fourth industrial revolution. Uh, as part of that manufacturing uh, uh, sector, how do you feel about that term? How much do you feel part of that movement, if at all? Or is it just, you know, is it just, is it just buzzwords? Making, you know, is it just making use of tools available? What's, how, do, how do you see that term and how you fit in it? Yeah, it's... Um... It certainly is a movement in that it's it's moving that way. You know, there's there's uh, elements of it that you know we're already employing um, from product design, the use of three D printing for our samples, prototyping, and so on, um, through to our marketing, uh, the automation that's available now in marketing, uh, right the way through to fulfilment. Really, you know, there's optimization tools um, that require little in the way of human involvement to ensure that we're able to deliver nationwide. Um, as efficiently as possible. Um, there's AI, an element of AI in our configurator, the tool I mentioned earlier that designs your wardrobe that you guys, KMP, developed for us. That will um, calculate the most efficient way of, of cutting either a glass panel or a wood panel um, to minimize wastage. Um, so there's definitely um, elements of, of that that's uh, already being employed quite how we as a business feel about it uh, being based in Sheffield and our one of our largest raw materials is steel. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure how warmly it will be embraced if it entirely takes over. But yeah, it's certainly certainly a movement and um, an area where we're yeah, we utilising the efficiencies that are being gained from it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what does it what does it mean to you to industry industry 4.0? What do, what do you, what do you think it means? Um, it's a good question. What do I think it means? In my head, it's um, it's an increase in automation and a um, a reduced input from humans. But one would hope that 
you know that will also benefit us as humans and our lifestyles and so on um I can't think short of my smartwatch and a few other bits and pieces quite how it's affecting my lifestyle but um but yeah I, I, I see I guess as a manufacturer marketer um retailer I see it as um, a means of gaining efficiencies if nothing else because what when I uh, reason I ask you that is because you know a couple of years ago um, when I was going to these manufacturing uh, conferences to kind of learn more about it I didn't have a clue what, you, know, you, you hear the term and you, you kind of get in a picture in your head what it means and you think okay so it's more use of AI or more use of things like augmented reality all this kind of stuff so I said right I'll go to these and what I when I got there what I found was like you said you're sitting in a in a in a, in a conference hall listening to someone talk about how you know yeah, industry 4.0 is going to revolutionize the manufacturing sector you're going to be able to do things like um automate your um uh, automate your uh, your factory's um planning based on your order book using uh, ai and i was like oh that's what we do with will <laughs> you know <laughs> that's that, that that whole cut sheet thing that you're talking about I was like, oh we, we, we do a bit of that and they kept mentioning things I was like, oh we do a bit of that as well and you, okay okay all right then so it is to me, it's a, it's, a, it's a collection. It's applicable to the manufacturing industry, obviously, but it is just a kind of um, collective term for making sure that you're using modern technology in a way to make your business better. That's all it means to me. And, and, I, and I think, you know, there's various things that we, that we do with you guys um, and that you guys do, um, whether it be integrating the... Uh, uh, as you said before, the e-commerce with uh, uh, with your ERP or uh, generating uh, cut sheets and you know based you know, in, in in a clever way to reduce waste or all of that kind of stuff that actually makes things easier for you guys to to do your business. It's not just about um, you know front facing e-commerce sites. Right? How can we, how can we use this technology to actually make things better? Um, that's all it means to me. I don't I don't know if you if you if you if you'd agree with that or not. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, without a doubt, the single um, largest benefit that it's had um, for us, I think the work that we've done with KMP is the um, reduction of human error that we've had. You know, you'll remember a time where we went from having orders come in from stores nationwide, even Europe, some of the um, clients that we've got over there. And, you know, only two years ago, they were still being faxed. You know, and by the time they've been written down on a scrap piece of paper, you know, at the bottom end of a DIY store somewhere in Italy, yeah. and they've been photocopied three times so the customer's got a copy, and then they go through a fax machine, it's barely legible, you know? It's not difficult for somebody to confuse the number seven with a one, and somebody gets the the very, you know, the wrong wardrobe size. Um, you know, yeah, having having that automation there now, the um, the portal whereby the stores can just input that there's there's no there is there's no opportunity for human error anymore. It goes onto the factory floor in Sheffield in exactly the same format that it was entered in Italy, um, with no you know human interaction whatsoever. So there's not no opportunity for error, which is is, is a great cost saving for us. Um, you mentioned Simon earlier, my co- uh, my colleague Simon, RMD at KMP, and I was chatting to him about you know prior to this conversation about what he likes about the, the, the project, what he likes about all the things we, we, we do with you. Um, and what he said was that you guys recognize that it's not just about showrooms and e-commerce. You know, you guys really have a, a good handle on how to make that buying experience for, for that customer, whether they're buying 
online or whether they're buying it in a showroom or a mix of both. Um, mm. And I wonder how much of that is out of um, uh, necessity or, or how, how early you realize that and, 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 and what you guys do to kind of make that journey uh, a little bit easier for the, for the customer. Yeah, I think, I think it's just being sympathetic to the needs of consumers. You know, I think there's too many, uh, and this isn't a criticism of competitors. This is a, you know, a, a, a we can talk generally, we can talk generally, yeah. that's fine. But I, I think in any market, um, especially retail, it, it, it's too easy for um, a marketing objective um, to forget the human need side of things. Um, so I'm quite keen to make sure that our marketing objective best meets the human need of our consumers. And that often comes down to either the format in which our consumers want to purchase or inquire, um, right the way down to how they want um, fulfillment. You know, do they want it delivered to the door and they're going to do the rest themselves? Or do they want the whole handheld service where we'll design it for them and install it for them? Um, you know, do they, like you say, do, you know, do they want to just buy it online on the sofa in their pajamas on a Sunday night before they watch the soaps or the football, whatever it might be, or, or do they want to call up on a Monday morning, lunchtime, live chat, um, to get a little bit of extra help, but then go back online. Um, so I think it's important to, yeah, to offer the consumers the opportunity to transact in any way they wish. Mm. I wonder how much, um, of that is born out of uh, born out of the fact that you're, you're not just selling you know a box or you're not selling an item of clothing yeah. you know the actual sales process is going to be longer it's going to be people are going to deliberate more over it they're going to need to go and find out information go and measure their room um and i and i and i i think because there are more touch points um you know that kind of uh that kind of consideration that you're demonstrating there is, is is even more important to you guys than it might be to someone like i say who's selling t-shirts that you can just order try if it doesn't fit you send it back you know it's it, it's the fact that someone can go into one of your showrooms and say oh i was uh, uh I, you know, I was having a look online I've, I've i've put in my measurements and the guy in the showroom can pull that up and add to it or that can be done over live chat all those multiple touch points I think um, uh, come together to make a really good um, user user experience, and obviously, in situations that we're in now, where people are thinking, "Oh, I didn't go for a holiday this year, but and I've been sat in my bedroom uh, a lot more than I would. I really need to sort those wardrobes out." I think you know, being considerate of, of people's situations is is, is really going to hold you in good stead. Um, that wasn't a question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just, no, I completely agree. Just okay, that. good. Um, so, what's next? What's what's what? Are you, what are you guys planning next? What you know, you've got to, you've got this far. You say over five, six years. Um, what does the future hold for you guys? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, uh, I guess, yeah, I guess we'll have to see. I think we're seeing um, a good opportunity through our our traditional. Um, routes to market retail and distribution and obviously um over the past four years and with the acquisition of the kitchen business as well uh, we've seen growth through our direct consumer uh, market as well for the more sort of premium products um there's no doubt that there's the obvious opportunity there um in terms of uh, expansion of showrooms you know we've got 13 14 showrooms at the moment um 
if that were to double overnight, you know, there's significant growth to be had there, but that requires investment. Um, I think the important thing for us really, as far as the, the, the bedroom business is concerned, is that um, the fundamentals are, are there using the, the portal and the configurator, the IT infrastructure um, is there. Uh, our agency, you know, the digital partnerships that we need to grow uh, uh, are there. We've got opportunities um, to look at new platforms that might offer us improved digital marketing uh, and databases. One one area that I do believe that we need to Im- improve upon is our sort of CMS. There's it's a bit disjointed at the moment between our our digital platform and and our internal processing manufacturing ERP system. Um, so there's no doubt there's some learnings to be had there uh, to perhaps drive some more of our product development and look at product life cycles to make sure that we're still leading trend as opposed to reacting to it. Um, but who knows? And that's important to you, is it, that, that, that you're leading trend as opposed to reacting to it? Yeah, yeah, it is. I think Home Decals sort of always operated that way. Um uh, it's easy to say, you know, being the market leader, but we, um, yeah, up until this year, of course, we um, have a, a team, um, part of the marketing team have, have travelled to a number of the European fairs where they perhaps see uh, finishes and tra- trends in general for the uh, homeware sector that um, could start to influence the UK market. Um, and they'll bring that back and have a look to see where, where we want to implement things and uh, which finishes could launch through which markets uh, and uh, you know in which product categories and price ranges and so on um, and then uh, there's obviously those finishes that become discontinuations um, in terms of the technology that we're applying to our product as well um, you can imagine it's a lazy example but I'll use soft close um, door mechanisms you know soft close doors on your kitchen yeah, yeah. and now old hat well i can assure you trying to develop those for a sliding door um is is a bit more complicated than than it is for a kitchen door unit so yeah we try to lead trend rather rather than sort of react to it too much um yeah but there's there's no doubt there's some further learnings to be taken from data that we're not yet utilizing um from our existing sales to perhaps further improve the the trend and um, product life cycle work that we're doing now. There's always data to analyse, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a, that's a good point, actually, to, uh, to finish. And I'll say, Will Goff, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been really interesting. So, so thanks very much. No problem. Thanks for having me.